Hi, I'm Jamie Ananda McConaughey. Welcome to the Tantric Life Podcast, where we explore all things Tantra as a way of living a balanced life, integrating health, sex, love and spirituality for deeper inner peace. Hey there. Namaste, my divine friends. And thank you for coming back for another interesting conversation about Tantra. I hope you're doing well. I'm a little bit bunged up today, a bit of congestion, so my voice may sound a bit uh, stuffy, <laughs> but hopefully it's not too noticeable. Um, so anyway, today, uh, the topic I wanted to talk about is eye-gazing. Eye-gazing is a, is a very typical exercise that um, people do in Tantra. Uh, tantra workshops, any of these kind of places, there's usually some kind of eye-gazing exercise involved. And I have to say, eye-gazing is absolutely amazing. It is one of my favorite um, activities or exercises in Tantra. And what, what is eye-gazing? Well, as it says, it's just staring into another person's eyes. <laughs> Sounds a bit bizarre, doesn't it, if you've never done that before. Um, yeah, and why is this so special? Well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, there's that expression, eyes are the window of the soul. And, you know, that expression didn't come from nowhere. It's, it's absolutely true. The eyes are the window of the soul. In a way, looking deeply into somebody's eyes is quite an intimate thing to do. Um, both for both people, both both looking and kind of letting someone look into your eyes. It's quite an intimate act. And if you think about it, like in our normal daily life, let's say the average person or perhaps most of us, we rarely make eye contact with people. Um, you know, just dealing with people at work, at home, going anywhere in the street, on the shops, anywhere you say hello to someone, we don't really make much eye contact. We're not really used to that. Um, and maybe it depends on different cultures. I mean, definitely in cultures like the UK, where I'm from, where we tend to be a little bit more reserved with our emotions and stuff like that. We Eye contact is, it's not really, doesn't happen very often, you know. So, it's interesting when you when you make a conscious effort to make eye contact with someone you you create a very different dynamic between the two of you um and i think it's important that we make eye contact just generally i mean not 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 just for eye gazing in tantra but just generally when you're dealing with people to make eye contact with somebody it just creates a, a much more just a momentarily deeper connection, more more trusting sort of feeling between people. And my personal experience with this, um, well, I, I used to avoid eye contact, uh, maybe similar to most people probably. Um, it was, for me, making direct eye contact with someone was always something a bit strange. I always associated it with uh, falling in love, you know, something romantic. 
So I <laughs> I always found it strange to make eye contact with someone, especially if it was a man. I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm getting all romantic with you. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I'm very conscious of that. I mean, I still have that tendency in a way. Now I sort of consciously do do that differently. But yeah, I remember I used to, always look at people just slightly off the eye. Do you know what I mean? I sort of felt like I was opening myself up to something more intimate with that person. And yeah, I didn't, I felt uncomfortable with that. If it was just a stranger or just a colleague um, or even just a member of the family, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, since I've been into Tantra and doing, you know, learning about it and practicing it, I discovered that eye gazing is really fantastic, fantastic, and it's changed the whole way that I um, interact with anyone in any situation, not just in Tantra. Uh, so now I'm always consciously trying to make more eye contact when I'm talking to anyone, even if it's just a complete stranger. Um, you know, eye gazing is not, it's not about falling in love. It's not just about the romantic feeling that you get. I mean, that is part of it for sure. But there's a there's another level, a deeper level, or you could say a more transcend, transcendent level, which is to do with um, recognizing the presence of the divine in that person. And you can feel that when you look in their eyes. If you do it, if you kind of approach that with the right consciousness or the right sort of attitude, you can sort of sense that there's a divinity in that person. So it no longer becomes just simply a romantic thing. It becomes a deeper, more spiritual thing. And that's what I do now myself in my interactions with people. I I may try to make eye contact when I'm talking to someone. And that helps me to recognize the divinity in that person and to sort of feel the presence of that divinity in the moment whilst I'm interacting with them. So, when when one of the most amazing things I discovered through doing eye gazing was, uh, I, I remember the first time I did it in a workshop, a tantra workshop, um, and it was with a stranger. You know, it was I was I was partnered up. You were paired up with someone that I didn't know, so it was kind of weird like to stare deeply into the eyes of a complete stranger. And uh, I, I just, it blew me away. It really did. I mean, I, I noticed a difference between the iris and the pupil. You know, the iris is the sort of color part, the sort of, the bit which is, you know, a different color, people have different colored eyes and they have pretty patterns or whatever. And the pupil is the the dark bit, the black spot in the middle. And I really felt the difference between the iris and the pupil. I could sense that the iris was kind of like um, more to do with the personality of the person in front of me. And the pupil, that dark circle, was like the window into their divinity. And, you, and I could feel that looking into the pupil, I could feel that more of the presence of the divine. And looking at the iris, I could sort of appreciate the beauty of the personality. And, um, it, you know, and if you think about it, 
this is really true because uh, your eyes are very much a reflection of you as a unique individual, especially the iris, because uh, you know it's a known fact that the iris of a person is like a unique, completely unique thing. It's like fingerprints. We we all have our unique fingerprints. The iris is a unique thing, and in fact, they use iris scanning in many technologies. Uh, the Galaxy S9. Uh, smartphone uses iris scanning in conjunction with face ID. I think the Apple phones, they don't use iris scanning. I think they use just face ID. But anyway, iris, the iris is a unique thing. So it makes sense that it's a reflection of that individual. And yeah, so I want to share with you today's fun fact, which is related to this. Studies have shown that iris patterns are linked to differences in personality. Um, there was a study in 2007 by scientists in Sweden, and they they found that uh, they, their patterns in the iris were associated with, on one hand, they measured uh, personality traits. So there was like, they found that warm-heartedness and trust were associated with certain patterns in the iris. And on the other hand, they were measuring neuroticism and impulsiveness, and that was associated with other um, patterns in the iris. They took pictures of the, the participants' uh, eyes, um, and they got them to fill out a questionnaire about their personality. And so they found this association. They were looking at specific um, structures in the iris, and they found this collab uh, this association between the patterns in the iris and the personality traits. So yeah, it makes sense that the iris of the of the eye expresses the personality. And I really felt this, and I think anyone can feel this. If you if you look into a person's eyes, if you do eye gazing, you can feel that the iris is expressing the complexities and richness of their personality. And then when you look deeper into the pupil, you feel more of that divine connection with them. And then, of course, the the iris is also uh, used in uh, readings, uh, like, you know, like palm readings or uh, crystal ball readings or astrology readings, anything like this. Uh, the, there are some uh, methods where you can actually read the iris of the eye and tell things about the person, about their personality, about their history, about their tendencies, and maybe predictions about their future. Um, for anyone who's interested in this, you should look up behavioral iridology, which is like a sort of a, a method for uh, reading a person's personality through their iris. And also check the RAID model of iris interpretation. RAID is R-A-Y-I-D. And anyway, it's, it's interesting stuff. So if you're interested, check that out and read about that. But bring, bringing this back to Tantra and eye gazing, um, eye gazing is a fantastic way of channeling the sexual energy. And it's like, you know, if you've, you, because if without eye gazing, you know, if you, if you're, if you imagine like, if you've ever had sex 
in a fairly <laughs> um what's the word a fairly sort of animalistic way <laughs> you know without without romantic eye gazing you know you just you just felt really turned on you just had a you just wanted to have a good shag <laughs> you get like a lot of sexual stimulation and the energy gets hot and then you just hey, enjoy it of course and you ejaculate or you have an orgasm or whatever but if you combine it with eye gazing you you stimulate the energy yeah you get aroused or you get turned on whatever and you enjoy the sexual pleasure but you're channeling that energy upwards to the higher chakras you're raising the vibration when you're gazing into the person's eyes because eye gazing is a way of connecting in, uh, with love and love is really a, the vehicle of transforming sexual energy so raising the vibration from a purely animalistic urge into a more divine expression of uh, of divinity is through love and when you're gazing into somebody's eyes you can feel love and you can get different levels or depths of this love or different qualities of this love it kind of depends on the relationship you have with the person it could be a more um, intimate kind of love you know if it's your your partner your spouse boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and you're really in love then you're going to feel obviously that level of love and there's also a deeper level of love and and this can be with also with a stranger that is not so much an intimate sexual love but with a stranger and then with, even with your partner you can go into that divine love with that person and this is what i was talking about when you're gazing into the pupil of, of someone and i just remember doing this where you you gaze into someone's eyes and you know, first you can feel them as an individual sitting before you. And after a moment, you kind of just looking fixed on their eye. And your peripheral vision sort of starts to fade out. And then you're just aware of their eye and like you're not really aware much of the rest of their body. <laughs> so you get that feeling of the personality dissolving and what's left is just a kind of a presence and it's it's a presence without the personality and essentially that's the divine it's a very very special eternal sort of immortal spiritual presence of the person and it's also you feel you feel the love because you feel that's a reflection of yourself and in a way the eye of the eyes of another person are reflecting yourself so you you feel that you and the other person are one and the same it's that that divinity it's the same divinity you are both the same divinity and when you get that realization it's kind of like an explosion of love it's like it's like the divine it's that like divine mother suddenly says oh it's me <laughs> it's like she says it to herself oh it's me oh i love myself <laughs> it's kind of like that and so that's it's a, a very deep spiritual love divine love and of course if you combine that with sort of sexual arousal and kundalini 
Can you imagine how powerful that is? That Kundalini energy awakening up all your body through all your chakras as you connect with that divine love with the other person. And the two people have, have kind of dissolved into one divine presence with the Kundalini rising up and expanding in your consciousness. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what happens with eye gazing. So, uh, right, so today I want to give you a practice tip for this. If you've never done eye gazing before, uh, I'll give you a brief sort of um, intro how to practice this. And if you have done eye gazing before, then great, you know you know how it is. And But I'll still talk a little bit more in depth. Maybe you'll learn another, some more details about this. So you can do this with a partner, obviously. You can also do it on your own if you don't have a partner. So on your own, you're going to use a mirror and just looking into your eye. You don't want light to be too bright because otherwise you'll be straining your eyes. But you don't want it too dark either because that also strains your eyes. So you want the light to be comfortable for for gazing. And well, when we're talking about gazing, you don't have to stare until your eyes are watering. <laughs> you know, you can blink, just blink normally. But when you're gazing into the eye, you want to fix on just one eye. Don't don't jump between eyes because that's a very typical thing that we do when we look at someone. We're kind of jumping from their left eye to their right eye back to the left eye. So with eye gazing, you want to stick with one eye. Just gaze into one eye. Don't be afraid to blink, just blink normally, but just look into their eye. And you need to create a, a good atmosphere for this. It's got to be a spiritual meditative atmosphere. So you can have music, uh, incense, candles, that kind of thing. Whatever you want to create that spiritual feeling. Start by looking at the iris of the eye. This is what works for me. Don't jump straight into the middle, into the dark pupil. Just because if you're not used to eye gazing, you can feel a bit weird and you kind of, you end up sort of doing what you think you should be doing. <laughs> so it becomes a bit artificial or a bit um, forced. So you want to relax into this. And, and a good way to relax into this is to start by looking at the iris and just just look at all the details in the iris and don't be afraid to move your eye a little bit because as you look around the iris probably your eye is going to move slightly so don't worry if your eye moves a little bit just relax into it and look at the iris look at the detail of it look at all the colors the patterns in the iris and just appreciate the beauty of this person's eye of their iris and, you know, the complexity of it, the beauty of it. You know, what a marvel of creation this is to create such a beautiful thing. And it's extra amazing because it's unique. There's no one else has an eye like that one that you're looking at. That's the only one like that in the whole of the universe, in the whole of the history of the world. Isn't that amazing? So spend time just appreciating it and looking at it and seeing how amazing it is. Relax into it and just breathe 
you know, breathe in a relaxed way. Don't hold your breath, don't tense up. When you feel relaxed and you're thinking this is so amazing, then look into the dark pupil, the dark black sphere. And just look into there and just feel that what you're looking into is a divine being. And you're looking past their personality. You're looking past their physical level. And you're even going past, if, if it's your partner that you, that you normally have sexual relations with, you're going past that level of sexual intimacy. And you're going deeper into a divine connection with the presence of that spirit in front of you. And look into the pupil like you're doing a meditation, just gazing at it and losing yourself in it. And if you've got music, just sort of lose yourself in the music and the, the deep, dark depths of the eye of that person. This is a very similar practice. Uh, if you've ever done the practice with Obsidian Mirror, and for those of you who don't know, Obsidian Mirror is uh, it's a, it's a shamanic practice. Uh, an Obsidian Mirror is a stone, Obsidian, you know, that black stone, uh, which is polished, so it's like a mirror. And the practice of gazing into Obsidian Mirror is about just gazing into the darkness of the Obsidian Mirror. Sometimes you can see a reflection of your face, and sometimes you see things in there. And uh, people use it as a way of divining uh, the future or learning from their intuition about th things that can be revealed to them through what they see in the depths of that obsidian mirror. And, you know, I've I like to do that practice of looking into the obsidian mirror. And I find it very similar to eye gazing when you look into that dark sphere of the pupil. And you just look into those depths. And as you as you go into that meditative state, you can see things. Things come up. Intuitions, divine inspirations, maybe sometimes information maybe things about the person who's in front of you or things about yourself. And the most beautiful thing is just to feel that you and the other person in front of you are the one and the same. You are the divine. It's like, as I said earlier, it's the divine mother is appreciating herself when you're doing the eye gazing. She's just like, enjoying being herself and looking at the beauty of herself. And she's just saying, oh, I'm so beautiful. And that's the oneness of being divine. And you feel that with the eye gazing. So, yeah, that's the practice that I recommend. Um, I absolutely love eye gazing absolutely love it. If you're not used to eye gazing, it can feel uncomfortable in the beginning, you know, because it's quite an intimate thing to do. You can feel quite vulnerable, like if you're not used to looking in people's eyes. 
because you're sort of opening your soul. <laughs> but it's okay, because remember that it's your divinity within you that is opening up to the divinity in the other person. So don't worry about if you're afraid to get vulnerable, because you're not you're not opening up your secrets. You're not opening up your insecurities and fears to the other person, although it may feel like that. But in reality, you're not. Those are things of the ego. Those are things of your your conditioning from your upbringing or from your past. And in eye-gazing, we go beyond that. We go way beyond that. We leave that behind. So we're not, when you're, if you feel sort of nervous, uncomfortable or vulnerable because of, well, because of your insecurities or because of memories or traumas you've had, just remember that you're going beyond that. You're going into a divine connection. You're going into that divine presence where you and the other person are the one and the same divine. You're both doing that together. So, yeah, don't worry if you feel uncomfortable in the beginning. Just go at your own pace. And if you feel uncomfortable, tell the other person, express it to them. And they should understand if, you know, if they're into Tantra and they're open to all this kind of stuff. So to wrap up today's episode, uh, I have a fun little thing that I, I'm going to add on to the end of the episode, which is chanting mantras, which is my one of my favorite practices. And today we're going to be chanting to Lord Shiva. And as I've mentioned before in the previous episode, I always start off by doing an invocation to all the gods and goddesses. Well, not all of them, because there's like literally hundreds of thousands of them. <laughs> but just to some of the principal gods and goddesses, I do an invocation and chant to each one uh, to invite them to be present in my mind as I, as I start to chant the Shiva Mantra. And then you can just listen to the Shiva Mantra. If you, if you enjoy this chanting, just listen to it, go along with it. If chanting not your thing, <laughs> well, you can just switch off the podcast now. <laughs> um, but if you like it, yeah, just enjoy it. And I love the Shiva Mantra because uh, the Shiva energy, the energy of Lord Shiva is so powerful. It's a very transcendental, transcendent energy. Is the the male, the masculine energy of. It's like the. The stillness before the creation. That's how I how I feel the Shiva energy. You know this image of him sitting in meditation. That's 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 his energy. He's sitting at the top of the Himalayas, in stillness, in meditation. Around him, he's often depicted with lightning and thunderstorms, like, you know, the raw power of nature. But he himself is the center and the stillness. And that's the transcendent energy of Lord Shiva. Before the creation happens, because then with the creation, Lord Shiva merges with Shakti, the divine, and the two of them give rise to creation. And that's where you get movement, you get dynamic, you get 
energy and kundalini. But before that, he is sitting in stillness, in transcendent meditation. And that is very much the energy of this mantra that I'm chanting today. So, yeah, listen to it. Just as I've mentioned before, when you when you're chanting mantras or listening to mantras, you don't have to worry too much about what they actually mean word for word. Remember, these mantras are ancient mantras that have come from thousands of years, and they carry with them a very ancient vibration, a powerful vibration, which uh, sages and masters have used over the ages. So you just listen and tune into that sound and that vibration, and you'll feel it like in the depths of your being. So, yeah, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and found something interesting here. So, take care, have a blessed day, and thank you for listening, and I'll be back again with more interesting stuff about Tantra in the next episode. Namaste.
Om Tat Sat Hari 